What is up, Flock and Friends? Welcome in. The season has begun. We are here. We are in it. We are talking some real football that counts. This is your host, Rob Chappell of Madison 365, coming to you live from the homeland of former Mingo, Dane St. Clair, uh, Canada. I don't know which part of Canada he's from, to be honest, but I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto uh, and uh, having a great time. And with me today, Flock President Kelly Ferguson. Kelly, how are you doing? Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, no, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. And um, I really want to, well, first, let's do the housekeeping. If you're wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a follow, subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review, whatever you can do, any interaction you have on the platforms. It helps more people find the podcast and become more obsessed with For Madison like we are, which is what we all want. Uh, and uh, uh, Kelly, you were the president of the flock, as we mentioned. Uh, you uh, you took a group down to this first match that they were they could be heard on the broadcast. Uh, I don't know if that is partly the noise that you all brought and the drums and everything. And partly also, I th- it felt like the crowd was pretty sparse, probably because of weather. It, it looked like true? it was. I think it was really cold, and Creighton was playing in the NCAA uh, right. tournament. So I think those probably kept some people away from the soccer field uh, in Omaha. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the people that were there, definitely, they made some noise, too. Um, we had the advantageous position of being right below the TV cameras. So, uh. um, <laughs> so they picked you up. Definitely. We were loud, but uh, <laughs> we definitely had a sound advantage. So what was the uh, what was the atmosphere like for for your crowd? How many people did you have? Was it did you go there and back the same day? Or how? we did, yeah. Um, yeah but it's a long drive. Fewer logistics than dealing with having you know to deal with hotels and all that. Sure. So yeah. We uh, we went left about four a.m. four thirty ish, I guess actually before the bus got to to pick us up. Um, drove on down, uh, watched the game, ta- tailgated, and then watched the game. Uh, and then drove on back. So it was, you know, 16 hours in a bus. Uh, but, you know, anything for those mingos. Uh, and how many people did you have? I think we had about 25 that actually made it on the bus. We had a few people that were under the weather and at the last minute couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were several people that had driven themselves down because 16 hours in a vehicle in one day was not <laughs> feeling as it sounds um yeah. so we did have some people that that got there on their own i i have to say i had almost that experience because we were supposed to take a train to canada or to, to ann arbor and then drive to canada but like every like amtrak canceled every train out of chicago on oh, the day we were traveling so we just said screw it we're gonna drive so we drove, <laughs> we oh, drove to canada. uh oh. i've driven yeah, to ann arbor before uh so i i know what that drive is like and it also sounds as it sounds. It was lengthy, uh, but I also made the drive to Omaha year before last for a game that ended up not counting, as listeners have heard that story before. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, big yeah. storm canceled the game, and it just they just replayed it. And Madison ultimately won like the replay, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but the, you mentioned it was cold. Uh, it was. We got to give props to Omaha fans and staff for clearing the field. It was another snow opener, right? It was yeah, snow put, on the ground. They put out social media announcements asking, you know, fans, bring a shovel, come to the stadium. 
we'll give you a free ticket to a future match. Uh, and they did a great job. There was no sign of snow on the pitch at all. And it didn't um, seem like it didn't seem like it was rough. It didn't seem like it was slick or anything. I didn't see any issues during the game, did you? No, in terms it didn't of look like it was, condition. It was a big issue. Um, I think things had warmed up a little bit um, by game time. The sun had come out, so it was, you know, I think, pretty okay playing conditions. Chilly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cold. It, it looks cold. Like it, the guys look uncomfortable. And this is a Carniglia field, which is not Warner Park. So it's a, it was a large, it was a much more normal sized soccer field. It was, yeah. Right. Uh, but you, I, it sounds like you all ran into some accessibility issues. Yeah, yeah. We um, we had not, I had not personally communicated with um, Omaha's home office or front office mm-hmm. uh, until a couple of days before the match. Um, I had been asking our front office, are we sure it's going to be accessible? Are we sure that uh-huh. we're going to all be able to be together? Um, because accessible and together sometimes are interpreted in very different ways. Um, <laughs> it's subjective. And when we got there, um, they they were both poorly interpreted. Um, so we we would have been actually quite separate um, from the accessible area. Um, they were able to move us. It was the second best option that I thought looked like was available, but I don't know how they run their seating and all of that. Yeah. Um, so we ended up being at the very top of the stands, which... Um, like I said, put us right below the TV cameras and uh, actually was a, quite a nice view of the field. Um, but I, I definitely need to give a pretty negative shout out to University of Nebraska at Omaha for the accessibility in that building. Because to get up to that level, we had to go like through the bottom of the building, out another door, up a hill, around the side, into an elevator sneak through the luxury boxes behind the people between them and their little buffets of food to get to the platform where we could view the game. Um, and seems somewhat even, less than accessible, actually. It was, yeah. And even the accessible area that they had pre-designated that is probably what the university usually uses when they're not dealing with groups that are as insistent as we are. Um, it had a cord running across it and one of those big, plastic things that you put over a cord so people don't trip when they're walking uh-huh. but it was so large that many wheelchair users would struggle to get over that if they even could mm. so um you know I, I think the issues were mostly caused by by the university facilities mm-hmm. and you know that omaha people were nice about it seemed like they were telling me their hands were tied as far as giving what I thought was the best solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got the second best in my eyes and we all, I think had a pretty good time. So. It's, it's all right. If you can have a good time, despite all that, but it does kind of highlight the importance of just thinking these things through. Right. And in the way that, that our home stadium has and, and at the urging of the Exesamingos and other flock mm-hmm. folks, um, making sure that Bree Stevens is open and accessible to everybody to uh, enjoy football in the same same way. Um, if anybody finds any issues with the setup at Breeze mm-hmm. that have not been addressed, those can absolutely be brought to us. Um, you know, we have we have the team's ear, and we can make sure that that things get improved because that is something that's important to us. Uh, yeah, for sure it is, and, and you can see that in the in the 
reaction after the game on Twitter that everybody was kind of unanimous and like, okay, th- th- it was fun trip. It was a good trip. It was a good game. Uh, but this part kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's just address that. Um, but let's, let's get to that game. Let's get to the yeah. game. Um, I mean, it, overall we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll do, we'll break it down. Uh, but overall uh, it, it, it felt to me just, and we'll talk through some stats too, but it felt to me like a draw was actually a pretty fair result. It was a pretty evenly matched game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will get more specifics, but I liked, most of what I saw, um, but you know, I, I will I will say I was not I didn't watch it live because I was at Niagara Falls, uh, and so but I did manage. It was hard, but I stayed off of Twitter and stayed off of my email so I wouldn't get the press release, <laughs> and I, I managed to watch the game unspoiled. Um, and uh, <clears throat> luckily, I had taken my heart medication, so that at the end, I did not have a, a myocardial infarction. At the end, uh, it was Chinese heroic, near heroics. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, overall, I was I, I was left with a very good impression for the first time out with this new roster. You saw it in person. You rewatched it. What do you think? What are your impressions? Yeah, Just I, I agree. For- I think it was um, it was a very even game. There were definitely some moments of brilliance that I saw. Some things that I thought Ooh, that's going to need some work. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like both teams they scored one, and I would say both teams had two near misses mm-hmm. um, that this game could have very easily had either team scoring a second goal mm-hmm. or both. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely, um, I, I feel like it was a, a fair result. Um, right. Yep. Obviously would have loved to bring home three points, but um, <laughs> I think, oh, you know, starting out brand new squad. It, right. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like I said, moments of brilliance, and we'll talk about that. But let's let's talk about the the, the formation from from here. It looked pretty much like what they put out at the last in the last tune up and last friendly, uh, which basically starts as a four four two, but is kind of fluid and and malleable. In that mm-hmm. you have Kroll, uh, Jacob Kroll, Timmy Mel, uh, Mitch Osmond in the middle at the back, which is kind of where he belongs more than where he was last year on the left hand side, and then Stephen Payne on the right, um, and then. Aiden Macias at the six with uh, Andrew Wheeler-Alman, who's still carrying a bit of a knock. Um, <clears throat> Cedar Martinez in the middle with him, and then Bartman and Gebhard also in the midfield, and then Jaden Owen and Christian Cheney up top. So that's your 4-4-2 that you start with, but then Stephen Payne becomes, when Madison is in possession, Stephen Payne becomes kind of a wingback mm-hmm. and is, is really pushing way up to the <clears throat> all up and down the right-hand side which then ideally would help outnumber the opponent in the midfield. Uh, Omaha this time went with a 3-5-2, right? So they so we were matching them in the midfield, but completely overloading the left-hand side, right? We had Gebhardt and Bartman both really cheating to the on the left wing, and almost all of our attacks, uh, with the exception of a couple, came mostly up the left-hand side, which we'll talk about. Um, did, yeah. Did that does that characterize it pretty well? Is that from what you you seeing in a person a different perspective? So, uh, what uh, what did you what did you see? Yeah, I, I think that 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 does characterize it. Um, I was busy trekking through the inaccessible route, um, <laughs> building, so I did miss kickoff, so I didn't actually see the lineup lined up, uh-huh. um, and was pretty sure they were gonna play a four four two. But 
you know, like you mentioned, especially pain being up and back mm -hmm. so much. I wasn't entirely sure that he was playing in the back line. <laughs> um, and also, it's a matter of knowing who the players are now and recognizing right. which numbers, which, you know, whose hair is that? And, I still can't tell Jacob Kroll from Toby Mill, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either, really. Um, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a learning process. Um, there's, there's a lot of new numbers and haircuts to learn, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had, you know, was making some notes today when I was watching it, and I'm like, wait, I think that was, no, that's not what number that was. Okay, who was this? And, <laughs> and so um, I think both of the outside defense guys were definitely up and back quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but I, I figured they would go with a four. I'm pretty sure that, you know, it was clear at the end of last season that's what Coach wanted to go mm -hmm. with. And mm -hmm. just didn't quite have the right personnel to do that. And I think right. um I think our defense played brilliantly offensively. They did. Well, you know, it was interesting. Um I think almost all, with exception maybe one or two toward the end, of Burn Shipman's goal kicks went about five yards. Like he was just tapping it to a defender and then they were building it out. They were not just playing out of the back like Madison did last year, but they were building from like the very back. Yeah, it's very short, relatively short uh, passes, and and trying to, um, and, and Omaha was letting them do it. I mean, Omaha, both teams were um, content to concede possession to a certain degree, um, but like I said, the, the the back line defended well. There was a few, there were a few nervy moments. Where they got a little bit disorganized. You know, yeah, Shipman was a little bit adventurous a couple of times, um, but with the extent, but even despite those, um, despite those uh, moments of, of sloppiness here and there, um, which you expect to iron out as the season mm -hmm. goes on, Omaha in open play only threatened once or twice. They didn't look particularly dangerous overall. Um, we'll talk about the goal, which came from a set piece. But overall, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, they just didn't have – they couldn't get much going inside our box. And I think that owes a lot to the, the defending the back line. But also, as you say, the back line did a really good job of supporting and starting the ball forward, right? Yeah, and I think they really – you know, they, they started playing the ball forward. The midfield um, – I mean, we have kind of stacked the midfield on the roster. <laughs> a bit. And, and they did their job. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I thought that the midfield really did a much better job than, than we've sometimes seen in the past of really getting it forward, um, you know, getting it up to those, those forwards. And I mean, we had first, I don't know, if, I'm never sure when it technically counts as a shot in the statistics. <laughs> right. The first thing that looked like a shot at two mm -hmm. minutes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was thrilled at that because mm -hmm. um you know that is much more aggressive offense than we've seen and you know i'm here for it yeah and yeah, that was fantastic they did now the 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 first half did feel kind of familiar and that there were lots of we had lots of chances created like we were creating mm -hmm. really good chances and just the final the final pass wasn't quite there and was we were kind of getting snuffed out uh, or a shot would go i mean bartman hit the post yeah. Uh, in the first half, after a really nice uh, Jaden Nonan 
forced a turnover and gave him a really beautiful ball, and he just shanked the post, which is, I mean, it's unlucky, right? It, it, uh, but it, that did feel a bit familiar that we're creating things, we're having good chances, we're um, being kind of inventive and creative and not particularly predictable. But then there's like one more pass that needs to happen, and it just kind of doesn't. Right. Yeah, which, yeah. It, it didn't always right. finish, but, yeah, but right. it definitely was putting the pressure on um, yes. offensively in a much more hungry way than than we've seen <laughs> a lot of times from the front line. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to put it in. And, um, you know, it, obviously it doesn't always work out. That's why soccer games end with such low scores. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I mean, it looked like they were going for it. Yep, and, and you know what else is interesting that uh, we saw a little bit last year, but not as much. That when we were in possession, we were actually had long spells of possession, and we were pushing up one wing or the other. And in previous years, especially toward the end of the season last year, we'd we'd like run into a, some trouble, some along a touchline, and or, or not even trouble, but just like unable to get past the defenders. And then just like loop a ball toward the far post and see what happens, right? What I saw this weekend was push forward, push forward, probe, 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 nothing there. Pull back, switch fields, try again. It was let's keep possession, not just to keep possession for the sake of possession, but let's keep possession and try again. And, and rather than yeah. rather than just try something, rather than just throw up a ball and hope. Right, right. right yeah, no, I agree. They they definitely. Um, like I said, they looked like they wanted it more. You know, they were really mm-hmm. trying to be more measured, I think, in how they um, finished. Measured. Measured. That's a really good word. Uh, they were measured. They were intentional. Mm-hmm. They were calm, I think, for the most part, with the exception yeah. of those couple of interview moments on defense. But but even yeah. in those moments, even in those moments when they were getting each other crossed up, uh, they didn't panic and they were they were calm and I, I think measured is a great way to say it. The other thing that felt really familiar in the first half is giving up a goal on a set piece. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, it, was, it was the first thing, um, yeah, that we a couple of us noticed is like it was a set piece and not just a set piece in general. It was a corner kick. Yes, because I feel like that's been the struggle even more than you know whenever it's a. Um, a direct kick after a foul. That mm-hmm. it's it's the corner kicks that have gotten us more than anything. Yeah, and and that's the one set piece that you can predict exactly where the ball is going to come from on. So and you can practice it a lot. You could practice that exact <laughs> type of shot. You know, a, a, something after a foul when you've got a direct kick, you don't know where in the field that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you you know just kind of theoretical but like you know it's coming from the corner so um that that's that's frustrating and i'm sure that everyone on the field um particularly in the technical staff um mm-hmm. kind of shook their heads at that too and yes sure words I mean, give some credit to omaha Luis heel um found the weak spot right he dropped the he dropped the ball kind of on a dime right between uh, Christian Cheney and I think it was Jacob Krull were both there uh, the, across the back line. I can't remember who was close. It was furthest at the far post. And then it was Mitch Osmond in the middle and then Christian Cheney and Jacob Krull. Yeah. And he dropped it right between Christian Cheney and Jacob Krull where JP Scarce, who 
and they know JP Scares is the guy, right? He's mm-hmm. he's the guy they're looking for. So they put two guys on him. They put Derek Gebhard and Isidro Martinez on JP Scares. And those two guys just kind of let him go. Like he just he, he stepped and he snuck right between Cheney and Crawl and got his head on it because he's yeah. just taller than those guys and now jumped him. He and Cheney both went up for it, and his head was higher than Cheney's, and he got well, it. Well, and, and Cheney's yeah. a big guy, but he's not particularly tall. Right. Right. So yeah. JP Scarce is going to out jump Kristen Cheney every time. Yeah. And I mean, that was other than obviously the keeper, that was the defense on that guy. So yeah. <laughs> he's going to out jump you. you mm-hmm. There should be another defender back there. Of course, in the split second this all happened, if anyone even saw it, they couldn't have gotten there. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. And and you, 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 when you put two guys on skiers, they they they've got to make the run with him, mm-hmm. and and just keep him keep him off the ball. Follow me a little bit if you have to, but keep him off the ball. But anyway, so they they concede that. Um, I think it was a few minutes after that that Bartman hit the post. So like it was, mm-hmm. it didn't nobody got their heads down. You know, it could have very easily been a, oh we did it again. You know, although. I will say one, maybe one of the advantages of having so much turnover in the lineup is th- these guys don't have any of that baggage. It was a thing, but they didn't live through it. So they don't <laughs> right. have that. Like, you know, well, some of them were on the other side of it, yeah. <laughs> right? Where the scoring against us, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, they don't have that baggage, but they didn't get in. They didn't get their heads down. They bounced right back. Uh, they look strong the rest of the half. Um, like I said, you created a couple more chances to try to even get an equalizer going in, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, come out in the you know the same uh, no changes at halftime. And uh, about ten minutes into the second half, we get a moment to brilliant from uh, Christian Cheney. What was the? What did it look like from where you were sitting? Oh, it, it was beautiful. It it looked. <laughs> Um, I, even when I watched it again today on the on the recording, it just the. I gotta say, the more I watched it today, the more I appreciated it. But it was some sort of a spin kick. I don't know. It was it was beautiful <laughs> and landed exactly where it needed to. And uh, yeah, when you yeah, when I first saw it, it happen, yeah, like I said, I wasn't watching it live, but I, but when I first saw it, um, it looked like to be kind of one of those. Um, Put it in the middle and hope something good happens. And it's kind of a kind of a garbage like bounce around pinball goal in real time and at real speed. That's kind of what it looked like. But that was not that at all. At, after watching it a couple of times, it was very very skillful. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it was. It looked. It looked a little rough. It looked a little janky just because there was literally five guys around him. Yeah, yeah. Um, How he got that ball through all of them? Right. Know, I mean, I it was crazy. It was crazy. But it was also a, a very very good. Well, I want to back up because the the this goal actually I think points out the the importance of really skillful play in the midfield because it was um, it was one of those where there was starts up the right they don't get anything so they pull it back it goes all the way back to Macias at the at the six who then pushes up to Martinez at the eight and then he gets it over to Crawl uh, to switch fields and Crawl hits it first time he doesn't settle he doesn't look he just looks up he sees get part on the left hits mm-hmm. it first time. So we got that really good hold up in the middle to start this whole thing, right? 
Yeah. And then Gebhardt uses his speed to get past the guy to all the way to the byline and then cuts it back at this angle. Somehow finds Cheney in that mess of five yeah. Omaha guys. Well, and, and I mean, Gebhardt was on the line. I mean, he had, you know, yeah. one angle to play at that point. Yeah, he wasn't going anywhere else other than try to get to the middle of the box yeah. like that. It was it was beautiful. And, you know, if, if I could do a flip like Cheney did, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the the celebration was pretty was pretty spectacular as well. Yeah. Uh, but the but the the touch also to, to with enamorous traffic. I mean, this is why we trained this guy, right? Christian yeah. Cheney. Uh, he he's he the first touch with his right foot to stop the ball dead there, and then without moving any further, just spins and hits it with his left and gets it past Richie Nuhu. That was it was just, it was immaculate. It was insane. Yeah, yeah, that was that's definitely one. If if people haven't watched it, like go back. Watch the highlight again. If you, yeah, if you haven't watched yeah, it again, yeah. because you, the more you, the more you watch it, the more you appreciate the level of skill that Cheney had uh, yeah. to to get that pass. It was not a cheap goal. It, no, it was no, close, no. you know, but it was it was really really nicely done. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, um, and, you know, it's always good to you know have something on the sheet. For the first goal of the season, like you know, well, especially for Cheney, who has a ton of expectations. Yeah, like yeah, like he's, he 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 knows he was brought in to be the guy. Like every like we we keep reminding him of that. No, no pressure, Christian, but you know, <laughs> the guy. Uh, so to get his first goal in his first game, I mean, how how perfect to start it, that? It does take some of the pressure off of him too. Sure. Because, yeah. You know, if he not done it, we'd immediately begin with the is this guy going to deliver? Right. We brought in some other guys that were supposed to be the big scorers yep. and zilch or, you know, very little. Very little. Absolutely right. Um, so I think, you know, getting him started off like that, just, you know, he's he probably is like, yeah, see, you did bring me in for the right reasons. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, not having that hanging over him is only going to be a, an advantage. Yeah, and I, I sense, and, and especially the the last the, the rest of this match, we'll talk about the the next couple of uh, things, um, chances that he had to almost put this away and get us all three points. Uh, I hope is a, not, is even more confidence building. I hope he doesn't look at these as misses, but as really really good opportunities that didn't quite go in. Um, the the first one I mentioned is in the eighty fifth minute, which mm -hmm. give this one to Jay Nonan. Who gets a ball very deep, right? He was basically defending, yeah, right. And he picked up a ball and and ran, I don't know, fifty yards, sixty yards. Yeah, it, he definitely. I mean, we're not playing on a football field this year, so there's not a lot of yard <laughs> marking. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. He. He definitely. Um, you know, I. I did not realize the amount of speed that he was going to be bringing and. In the 85th minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He's making, he ran by at least two guys that looked like they were standing still. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, um, you know, is, would have deserved the assist had it happened. Like that, that, would, that, that play <laughs> that would have been, been almost entirely to his credit, really. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and he, and, and as a result of that run, though, he, he drew all the attention. Like he, all the defenders came sort of leaning toward him. And Cheney is all by himself. How do you leave Christian Cheney all by himself? Yeah. At the top of the box. That's insane. Uh, but, and Jaden, for his credit, Omaha's part that you know, they got lucky. 
that yeah. The, oh my God, they got away with this one. Uh, yeah. But 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 Jaden looks up and sees him and just get nice, easy, perfectly weighted pass. Uh, and Cheney Cheney took a touch toward the byline that was maybe a bit heavier than he intended, and it kind of messed up his angle a little bit, I think. Uh, and then and then he just shanked it. Uh, he could have maybe he maybe could have dragged it to the far post, but yeah. He had an angle to make it. I don't think it was the angle he was like originally planning. Like you said, I think he ended up being a step off of where he was was thinking. Yeah. Um, but you could see as, as soon as that shanked, he, you know, I mean, like many guys would, he fell on the ground, but you could just tell on his face, he's like, that was what it. the heck did I just <laughs> do? I don't do that sort of thing. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, I mean, I don't know. I suppose it's wonderful when a whole thousands of people are cheering when you do your job well, but I can't imagine, you know, knowing the heartbreaking, uh-huh. heart breaking in the stands when, when there is an error like that. And, you know, you, you could tell he, <laughs> he was as disappointed as, as we were. Yeah. That that and every, I mean, strikers at every level do that, you know, Absolutely. We, you, Absolutely. You see it in, you know, the World Cup. You see it in mm-hmm. you know, top, top tier soccer. It, it happens. Yep. Playing this game at full speed is yeah. a lot harder than it looks. Um, but he but he almost, I mean, he, he 10 minutes later, we're deep in the stoppage time, and he damn near scored the goal of the year. Uh, Osmond, Mitch Osmond, this is again starts from the back. Mitch Osmond mm-hmm. gets a, a nice long ball from the center circle. To Stephen Payne on the right, who does what he does and puts him an immaculate cross. I mean, that's that's what he was brought here for, frankly. Yeah. Was his defensive ability, but also these his crosses and his assists. Um, and he puts it, he finds Cheney in the box, and Cheney he had a defender right in front of him. I was watching this back. Um, I was trying to think, you know, maybe could Cheney have chested this down and maybe have made it easy for himself, but he couldn't have because there was he had a defender like right in front of him. So he takes a step back and tries the side bike. And um, if that is not the two-time Golden Glove winner in the goal, I, I think this might be goal of the year. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure a lot of other goalkeepers would have got to that. Um, but then Gephardt, Derek Gephardt grabs the rebound, recycles it around, and, and, and Mauro Chicharro still gets another head on it, uh, but it goes right to Nuhu. So there was like two chances in – and hats off to Rishi Nuhu. I mean, yeah, know, he doesn't get much better now. Yeah, you know, and he did his job. You know? Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. always the point for Omaha there. You know, very so. true. Yeah, yeah. This this game could have easily, you know, if they would have had a mediocre goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, you know, their forward probably would have taken the game. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to mention a couple of things that I noticed about the end of the game, and you, and you can tell me what you think too. Um, that uh, two weeks ago, Glazer, head coach Matt Glazer, uh, after the friendly, that uh, said to us that fitness is one of the things they needed to work on, and Jaden Onan said the same thing. Um, but in this game on Sunday, Madison dominated the last 15 minutes of the match, like. Omaha had nothing left. They had nothing left in the tank. And Madison was getting all the chances. 
Um, and and we mentioned the the one in the eighty fifth minute where Jaden makes this really really long run you know, with nothing left in the tank. I'm sure uh, we get those two in the establish time. I mean, I love that. I mean, that that was the last couple of years we've been the team that kind of gives up late goals and you know and fizzles out. It can't quite finish those games. And does that did that feel like that in the stadium at the on the day? Yeah, I definitely felt like it did not look like the guys were tired. Yeah. You know, I mean, who would not be, of course, but they really looked like they were, they were able to push it through, you know, the last minute of stoppage time, because, you know, there was, there was one point where Omaha did have the ball near the end. And I thought, Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> just because, you know, I've got a little PTSD from last year's results. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. Stoppage time, mm-hmm. um, but no, they they really just they kept pushing, mm-hmm. and uh, there was yeah there was no sign of them giving up or backing off, and so I think that their fitness definitely, um, mm-hmm. it's there, yeah. Uh, yeah, but also the mentality, like you said, they kept pushing, right? Like, and it looked at the end of the game, you'd normally see the home team. Un, not satisfied with the draw, pushing for a win, and the away team clinging on to be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna steal a point on the road. We're gonna park yeah. the bus and get out of here with a draw. And Madison, the, the opposite was happening. Madison was pushing to get the winner, and very very nearly did. And Omaha was really kind of clinging to that yeah. one point at the end, which was, I mean, just that like you mentioned the the physical fitness, but also the mentality. Yeah, yeah. Uh- just, you know, all, all in all, I, I was really impressed with the whole thing, you know. Um, I The guys seemed to be playing well together. Uh, I saw, and I tried to find the timestamp today, and I couldn't find, but there was one moment where it was absolutely just brilliant amount of footwork out of the midfield, mm-hmm. the back line. Um, you know, up against man to man, they were winning the ball, they passed, and it was just give and go, quick passes back and forth. They were all backing each other out, giving each other, you know, a, a shot or a pass when, you know, they were kind of trapped. And it mm-hmm. really looked like they were clicking as a team. Yeah. And not as a team that's only been together for what, a month and a half? Mm-hmm. So if that, mm-hmm. I don't know when they exactly started, but um, so, I mean, their, their drive, their connection, I, I've got real good feelings about it. Yeah, I do too. And, and like you said, it, it, they did look like a pretty cohesive unit um, more than I would expect. There were a couple of moments. Uh, I think, I think the, we mentioned and I, without digging into too many specifics, but the couple moments at the back, they were a little adventurous. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think a little bit to do with not knowing each other well, but, um, but again, they were able to recover because of the talent they have. Um, But I think that'll all get smoothed out. And I think they did prove themselves to be one of the best back lines uh, in the league, uh, despite all that. And I I think you're right. I think, um, I think it seems to be coming together well. And I think, you know, if this continues, I think, um, you know, Mac Laser, this is, you know, one of the storylines of the season is last season he didn't have the success that he wanted in part because he wasn't able to put together his own lineup. Mm-hmm. And 
kind of said that those some of the guys that were brought in uh, either that he had to bring in quickly or that were brought in by other people um, maybe didn't have the quite the mentality, quite the um, attitude that he needed. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's this is but this is it. This is his lineup. He, you know, now he's got to prove that he's can do it. And and I, it's I'm optimistic. Yeah. On that front, right? Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> um, so let's uh, let's. Oh, one other thing though, I want to mention the substitutions. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Matt remembers. So you get five now. <laughs> I know. I, I was kind of surprised that, that they, they only brought in. They changed the rule a couple years ago, Matt. You can have five. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I don't know if it was you know, him seeing the guys looking like they were still. Well, that's the thing. I hate to criticize him for that. Cause like, who are you going to, are you going to, are you going to, you're going you're gonna to sub off Cheney and not get those last couple of chances. <laughs> um, so I think there was, there was some of that, that, you know, who, who needed to go off. And I don't know that there were that many that, that needed to, right. um, you know, I, I think it was great to see, um, the guys come in that did. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Wheels came in at the six for uh, Macias and, and Teixeira. Genuinely nice guy, so I love to see him getting play time. Sure, and, um, and Teixeira came in for Martinez. Um, yeah. So they basically swapped this. They took out the six and the eight and swapped those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, like who, like who else was gonna? Nobody else looked like they needed. You know, everybody else looked like they had their legs under them just fine. And, yeah. and uh, you know, who are we to? Criticized for that, but at the same time, you do want to. You do have. Well, but the other thing, you don't have another game till next Tuesday, right? So the, nobody needed rest either, yeah. really. So yeah. yeah, they don't have a, a quick rebound, um, right? And you know, we've got you know a whole weekend off, or a whole week and weekend off. So yep, yep. You know, at, yeah. So let's um. That, that's, that's a really good segue to, to turn and look ahead that we do have, we don't have a game next weekend, but we do have a Tuesday, Saturday next week. Yes. We have Chicago house coming to town for the Wilt Derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago house defeating Milwaukee Bavarians. One nil. Uh, it was a two nil. Was it one nil? It was a one nil. It was one nil. Um, that was a fun game. Uh, Bavarians very nearly tied in the end. Uh, but Chicago's goalkeeper made a couple of saves in stoppage time to seal it. Um, literally, it was literally, I don't know if there's such a thing as a walk-off save, but he did literally, say, he made a save, and he was still holding the ball when the ref blew the whistle to end the game. So yeah. <clears throat> it, was, it, was a, it was a good game. But um, Chicago House uh, is owned by and founded by Peter Wilt, uh, mm-hmm. our own founding managing director. So uh, it'll be a fun one on Tuesday, April 4th at Bree Stevens Field. Yeah. In the second round of the US Open Cup. Very exciting to get back back home. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, for especially for a cup match. So you'll probably see some of those guys that were on the bench. Right. So uh you know, you'll you'll see guys like Robert Screen, probably, mm-hmm. and and um uh we will also mention one roster note that I forgot to mention earlier is uh, Francis Juno Baptiste. Uh, is expected to be to make it into the country this week. There's, there's always at least one or two guys that are delayed by paperwork. 
Yeah. Uh, so visa paperwork. So he's he's on his way and should be joining the club shortly. Uh, that'll be a nice uh, injection of energy. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see some of those some of those uh, guys they haven't seen yet probably in that cup match, and then we head to Lexington on April eighth for yeah. their for Lexington Sporting Club's home debut yeah. ever in history, which is fantastic. Yeah. I am going down to that one. Oh, fantastic. There's actually quite a lot of uh, flock mm-hmm. members that are going down. We're not organizing an official um, bus, but I know Dave Magnus, our floor manager. Yep. yep. I've been, we've been, a couple of us, I know Grant Peters is going down. Yep. Uh, I know a handful of other folks are going. We've been sort of informally organizing. I'm sure we'll find places to drink beer together. I think that is possibly <laughs> going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I think, don't they, don't they brew some hard stuff there? Uh, in that area also. oh yeah probably we'll just get some kentucky whiskey or something right that's what i'm saying <laughs> so, you, know, you, you might need to drink some beer and maybe a little bourbon maybe a little bourbon yeah that sounds good yeah. uh yeah. but lexington um uh has only played one game so far uh they'll play again this weekend but they lost to knoxville um so um but they looked good and, and we'll we'll see our old friend don spart uh, who did? Who scored Lexington's first ever goal? Uh, mm-hmm. And so now he's a he's so a forward Madison's first ever goal. Didn't what's he, that? Didn't he score forward Madison? No, Josiel Nunez scored our first ever goal. Oh. Don Smart was our first ever signing. That's what. And he got our first ever red card. Well, then also, but he's also he also twice now he got Madison and Lexington's first ever red cards. Oh, okay. Why well, did he have a first? He's he's got lots of trivia questions related to his name now in both Madison and Lexington. That's that's true. I'm so <laughs> bad at remembering stats like that. But yeah, I knew he did something. <laughs> you, you knew he was the first something. I knew he was going to show up at trivia night somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so uh, Lexington did not play this weekend, but let's uh, let's do our weekly quick around the league just for this past week. Um, I'll just run through these scores real quick. Yeah. Only three other games uh, this past weekend. Uh, Richmond uh, got a 1-0 win over Greenville. Carlton Belmar scored on a, uh, from a corner kick in the 12th minute, and the kickers made that uh, one goal stand up uh, and, and took all three points from that one. Uh, defending champions Tormenta lose to Charlotte 3-1. to one. Uh, The Jacks get an early goal. From Brad Dunwell on one of those that you'll see on that Twitter account when playing it out of the bat goes wrong. A terrific <laughs> follow if you are into that sort of thing. Um, McQuillia Kaley equalized on a banger of a free kick in first half stop. It's time to level it for Tormenta. But then Preston Kilwine for, um, of Tormenta got himself sent off in the stupidest possible way. He kicked the ball. The ball goes out of play for a throw, and he kicks it away. He gets a yellow card. He already had a yellow card. He gets sent off. Charlotte capitalized. Stupidest. Yeah. Yeah, just dumb. Uh, But anyway, Charlotte capitalized with a goal from Shulam Duty right on the hour mark, and then Corey Bennett sealed it with a third goal in the 83rd. And then uh, Chattanooga and Northern Colorado played to a 0-0 draw, uh, a historic one. Uh, Carlos Aviles and Northern Colorado goalie Edward Delgado Combined for 12 saves, the most in a scoreless match in league history. Uh, Hailstorm wow. had 17 shots and eight on target, but couldn't get any past uh, Avilas. So that en- ends in a 0 0 draw. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you watch any of those games? Are we busy getting anywhere to? Yeah, I did not watch any of those games um, at all. But um, I just, it, I think it's, you know, it's just funny this time of the season when we're looking at the standings and, you know, like, oh, Charlotte and Richmond are up there, but they've got these, all these points, but they've played two games already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Madison's currently tied for fifth with one point. There are four teams with one point each. Yeah. <laughs> the season did not start at the same time for everyone. And uh, right now that, you know, that kind of throws me off looking at it. I'm like, how do they have four points? Oh, they played twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the Greenville-Richmond game. I, mean, I just caught up on the, on the, uh, the highlights. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think the, the – it's I, – I, I don't see any particular team – Yet in the first couple of weeks, uh, yeah. that really stand out, good or bad. I think it's going to be a tight race again, as it always has been the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of parity, a lot of talent. The talent in this league continues to increase, continues to get better. Um, as uh, you know, player personnel budgets go up as the collective bargaining agreement is now in place. Um, we're just going to continue to get that top talent, and uh, it's really, really – it'll be really fun to watch this whole season. Uh, yeah. So we're going to finish tonight with our full Mingo shout-outs. Kelly, I'll let you go first. You got anybody you want to shout-out? Um, I want to shout-out the midfield. I, I think they they really outshone um, the, the control and the tightness that we've seen before and um, the speed that they brought to the game. So I'm, I'm going to shout out the whole midfield. Um, and um, on a personal note, I just want to shout out everybody else that is part of the flock that helped me organize this bus trip tailgate, um, especially Zach, who really took on the tailgate part of it and did what would have absolutely made me lose my mind. Um, <laughs> the, the flock board this year is just doing great stuff. So um, you know, all of them, I, I want to commend for every bit of getting the preseason going. Um, we've got, we've got some great stuff in store for this season. So while I've got the mic, um, literally, Absolutely. um, I'm gonna, I just really want to shout out the team that I have to work with. Um, they're, they're doing a great job. Fantastic. I love it. I'm going to follow your lead and, and shout out a whole section. I'm going to shout out the back line. Um, they just, uh, uh, Omaha has a tr- really, really potent attack. Uh, and uh, that potent attack in open play couldn't get much going. Uh, there was a couple of, they had a couple of moments. They had a couple of shots that went wide. Uh, but uh, Shipman was, uh, had to make one pretty decent save, but not much more than that. Um, uh, they just Omaha just was frustrated. Uh, they just our back line just um, stayed disciplined, stayed organized, and um, and then did like as you mentioned earlier, did a really terrific job in, in building out from the back mm-hmm. when we had possession, which is uh, so a big shout out to them. The, the other person I want to shout out is Jaden Onan. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned you didn't realize the pace he has. Yeah. Until you see it, and and he has said repeatedly in interviews with us and with uh, new Dogmazine guys that he's like I haven't played a actual competitive game in like nine months. I'm completely out of shape, and blah blah blah. <laughs> he did not particularly look out of shape. 
Well, I would like, love to see what he looks like in shape. Then, <laughs> he is going to be unstoppable. I, yeah, yeah, he's, he's unstoppable right now. He's, he's uh, I'm very, very excited to see what he's got because uh, I mean, he, he in to make that kind of run. And again, go watch the highlights if you haven't, if you're remembering it, if you didn't see it. Uh, but to make that kind of run right up the middle, like he was, it was so direct, right down the middle. Uh, right past some very tired. I mean, some some Omaha guys who look looked very tired compared to him. Uh, and then to look up and make a perfect, perfect pass that very nearly became a winning goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really, really excited for him. Um, and, and and finally, I want I want to shout out the flock as well. I mean, to 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 get there, um, to to put that together for to you, Kelly, uh, for for taking that on. Um, I think it's it's really you can say a team travels well, um, but for a, to for a team to travel in as organized a fashion and to bring the drums and you know thank you Omaha for letting us have the drums and <laughs> to to uh, um, to put that together and really show out for for the guys is is really really impressive. So thanks for that, Kelly, and big shout out to you. Thank you. Yeah, it it was so much fun. Um, we do play an Omaha Memorial Day weekend. So, um, you know, if if people are wanting a repeat performance, maybe that's something that'll happen. And then we are hoping to host uh, Omaha supporters on October 14th at the league closer Mm -hmm. game of the season, um, Mm -hmm. the regular season, uh, before we go to the playoffs, of course. course. Um, You know, hoping to host them for a, a tailgate at our house. Excellent. Fantastic. That's all we have tonight, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. We will. I do not. We will not have a regular episode next week. We may find an interview or some sort of special content for next week before uh, the uh, Open Cup match versus Chicago House. But until then, Talk and Flock is a production of the Soda Soccer Network, produced by Jeremy Rushing, hosted by me, Rob Chapel, with Kelly Ferguson. Kelly, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. All, all right, folks. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.